0: Wrestling with my brother.
1: We got a podcast, yeah. Wrestling with my brother. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast that's just made a surprise return to a huge pop from the fans. It's Wrestling with My Brother.
0: (laughs) What was the pop?
1: they just went mad they went it was crazy they weren't expecting it you know and then our music wrestling with my brother and the fans like yeah proper (laughs) attitude era levels of excitement for us (laughs) we're back
0: we are back once again with the ill behavior look at us look at us go look at us who would have thought (laughs) who would have thunk it who'd have funk it boom
1: what you been doing while we've been away um oh
0: we were just discussing off-air about my uh my love for AE dub. Um yeah, really, really good. Going from strength to strength, a bit of controversy, make the noise, bro.
1: A bit
0: delayed, but thank you. Yeah, blood and guts. Uh, I posted on Twitter uh on Sunday. So perfect Sunday morning activity. Such some good matches. Um spot at the end is a little bit a little bit shoddy, but ah they're just doing so many things right i'm i'm sick of banging the same drum every week but yeah it's just just blood again in wrestling you know i love my blood and it's just adults and it's exciting even the promos i'm not even fast forwarding through the promos and half the time there's so much i've improved i don't even fast forward through the women's wrestling because normally that's pants in wwf but oh it's really
1: exciting well, for a long time in WWF, it was just pants that they showed. When it was, <laughs> it was all bra and panties matches. That was it. <laughs> yeah. Not it that we were
0: it. against that, but, you know. No, they're they kicking the shit out of each other. The women are tough as nails, they mind up. It is really good. So, yeah, anyone in the UK, ITV, get it for free.
1: ITV, get it for free. They should uh, advertise that, shouldn't they? Well... Yeah. I haven't been watching any wrestling um, apart from the old stuff for the clips, but that's that's just how I roll. Um, I think we've both been vaccinated since we last uh, spoke, haven't we? we? Yeah, boy, both had our uh, little pricks. <laughs> I nearly died
0: from mine, Jesus H. And the old, the old A Z, and the old Lefty <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pfizer, uh, and you and you were Pfizer, Pfizer. No, I struggled, struggled a bit with mine. But uh, anyway, that's enough about that. We're Let's back with it. We Let's are get back. business. The business of, dear brother, the very last wrestling through the ages.
1: Oh, but unlike the last time when we said it was nearly coming to an end, we have now planned a replacement feature, an exciting new regular feature which we will unveil to massive fanfare next week.
0: <laughs> you and your fanfare really feel like you're, you're blowing this up. <laughs> there's, there's two two friends in Arkansas going, hey, I like this part.
1: <laughs> and now you've just lost them for your terrible uh, impression of them. <laughs> My terrible <laughs> Arkansas impression. They're gone. They're no longer listening. To, I don't deal with that racism. <laughs> They're gone. Uh, so. Not, I'm envisaging like Goldberg level entrance with fireworks, but I know it's just going to be kind of. Gilberg level
0: you're imagining Goldberg fireworks is actually like the pyro that attacked the undertaker and burnt all his skin off that's where we're at struggling through the pain for an hour just to get to the back and soothe ourselves
1: <laughs> if we're not suffering third degree burns after our reveal next week it won't have been worth it
0: <laughs> God's alive anyway so this was a little segment that we kind of thought up when we were starting the pod, all those episodes ago. And um, yeah, so it's quite a good place to end. I just wanted to kind of round off with, you know, our, our WWE Network Nights, because obviously we started off as youngsters and had, you know, two or three VHS tapes. And, you know, just look how far the industry has come. You know, everything's online now. If you're not a subscription service, then it doesn't exist anymore. So, yeah, you know, we we had a few few network nights with some pizza and beer, didn't we?
1: We did indeed. And, uh, you know, being a child of the 80s slash 90s, it still, to this day, blows my mind that you can just have instant access to everything, you know, at the touch of a button. When I was, you know, we had a video recorder. And that was the height of technology. it was like, my God, I can record something I've missed and watch it later. Now, we've got 50, 60 years of content, sometimes even more, just just there, ready to stream. And so when the WWE Network came along, you know, we didn't have to go and look up DVDs and skip through matches and promos. It was like, it's there. Type it in. It's there. Um, Yeah great and we and essentially that's what this podcast is because you would get together on those nights you know reminisce about things get drunk and then so oh, have a look at this clip remember this match have you seen this yeah. bit and we would show each other matches and things that uh, you know we we hadn't seen or, or we had seen and we wanted to reminisce about and of course the good thing about the network as well is that it encompassed all of um, wwe and ecw and wcw there's just so much content on there
0: Have you seen recently um, the, what they're doing, like behind the scenes, the archive? They've got a new new thing out now. It's kind of like Storage Wars, but with uh, memorabilia from the back in the days. Have you seen some of those clips on YouTube? No, I haven't,
1: no.
0: Oh, it's really cool. So it's basically that they've got a massive warehouse and they've got like literally 20 caskets that The Undertaker's used throughout his career all these massive kind of props and, you know, the honky tonk man's guitar and, and they're on the search for, for everything else. So like the Mark Callis goes to his bloody, uh, like his lockup basically. And the, he finds like the mask that he wore um, when he had his face destroyed, you know, and, 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 and he gives that back to the WWE. So it oh, it's, it's brilliant. It's like American pickers, but with WWE artifacts, basically it's really cool. Wow.
1: Well, see, this is going off on a bit of a tangent now, but I don't understand why there isn't a WWE wrestling museum slash Hall of Fame. You know, they talk about the Hall of Fame. Why isn't there a physical building with the Hall of Fame in that also has wrestling memorabilia? You know, you could have these, you know, vehicles and props and outfits and costumes and rings and, you know, all these things that they've got and people would pay you know, good money to see that. You could even, you know, take parts of it on tour around the country around the world. Yeah. But it would be a massive draw. And just to have a physical because most as far as I'm aware in America where they, you know, they really do these halls of fame a lot bigger better and better than we do over here. They've got physical halls of fame where you can go and see all these records and like kind of things associated with them. I think I think they're talking about it, but I I'm surprised they haven't got one up until now. I'm surprised they don't have a physical WWE place you can go to, you know.
0: Yeah, well they do on this show, but I don't think it's open to the public. It's literally like in a shitty warehouse. So yeah, that'd be that'd be amazing. Like you said, imagine that coming to like Cardiff, we'd be all over that, shouldn't we?
1: That'd be amazing. Um, the other thing to say about the network now, of course, in America, that it's no longer the WWE network, is it? It's on uh, Peacock, the, uh, the the streaming service, which we don't have over here. So it is still the network over here and in other territories, but yeah, it's all moved to Peacock over there. And it's been a bit controversial because, uh, (laughs) because (laughs) they're going back and editing some of the content, um, which is unsuitable for, for the network. And I say controversial, I mean, to be fair, when you look at some of the stuff that they are editing, it's, uh, it's the kind of racist, homophobic, sexist stuff that just, you know, should never have been acceptable and definitely is isn't not going to fly these days. But yeah, it's uh it's interesting to see how they're handling that anyway.
0: Yeah, they got everything better over over the pond and there. let's be fair, the Homer Wrestling and Oh, actually, sorry, going back to to AW Blood and Guts, one of my favorite American rock bands, Nonpoint, debuted the brand new single after like a year of no music at that event. So double gasm and yeah that was really cool as well
1: well you, you're welcome you're welcome because i introduced you to it i told you where to find it and
0: they're yeah. CEO of dub. so yeah that was it bro that was it we've we've traveled through the ages of us as brothers we've got an awesome new segment next week i'm really looking forward to that it's going to be really silly and shenanigans my favorite word um so that was it, yes. Shall we get on with the show? The big show. Let's do it. Let's do it to it. Okie okay. My first clip of the week is Samoa Joe. This is Necro Butcher at IWA Mid-South, something to prove, 2005.
1: Face to face they come. I love the main event atmosphere here right now. Eddie referee. Kingston, tell me about it! They don't need a referee! Here we go! Who needs a referee? What the people came to see! Oh my, they're going right out of DP! Borer for performance right is breaking down in Philadelphia! No one's moving! They're just standing there, nailing each other! Who's gonna go down? Oh! Ah, oh, Doma! Oh! Samoa Joe with a flurry of strikes! Necro hits the ropes. Oh, it's, it's a upside the head of the Necro Butcher sends him to the Knock floor. Right
0: down. There's the first. So yeah, just a, a feel-good, you know, comical match, really. You know, just something silly, light-hearted, a lot of dancing and gimmicks, and you know, fluffy music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, alive. No, i No, I, I did pick this for a reason. I know you were kind of wincing at the, at the blood. And, and all the rest of it um, but you know we talked about Joe and how he's just been released from the WWE which is ridiculous unless it was on his terms and I really wanted to highlight uh, some of his more brutal moments and just how callous he used to be so this is actually and you might do a, what the blue hell were you thinking next week but I think this is four days before his official debut in TNA if I'm not mistaken, you have to do research on that. But I had to include an echo Butcher match because <laughs> he makes the Sandman look like Kurt Angle. Let's be fair, he is just a homeless bearded man. He normally wrestles in no shoes. He hasn't even got any boots on when he wrestles. Dirty pair of jeans. I don't think he feels pain. He's got a tattoo of marijuana leaves on his arm. He's just an animal.
1: He is the least wrestler-looking wrestler looking <laughs> wrestler I have ever seen. He looks
0: like he lives in a park. <laughs> well, funny enough, there was another wrestler from uh, XPW called Homeless Jimmy. So, yeah, he probably is <laughs> gimmick. gimmick. Um, this is weird as well because on commentary uh, joining Dave Prezak, you had uh, Eddie Kingston, who's now siding with John Moxley in AEW, and none other than CM Punk. So, this is where they both kind of cut their teeth. Um, but just what a clash in styles. I I just love the energy of it. Again, it's in the ECW arena, Viking Hall. Oh, God, it's just so pure energy. I know you're kind of, oh, blood and guts, but if you just look at how brutal it was, I mean, it is a pure shoot fight um, and a side of Joe that, you know, I feel has become watered down over the years, much like Moxley, you know, this is where they were at their best and their most aggressive and there weren't any scripted bloody promos and stupid angles. This was Joe going out, pretty much going to kill someone. He was like the later day Taz. So there wasn't actually a blading job here. It was just that Neko was opened up after some uh, brutal headbutts. As you can imagine, he blades every other night. So (laughs) he didn't even even need to do it. I mean, some of the bloody spots the power slam onto necro's forehead <laughs> the commentary like how the fuck do you power slam a man onto his forehead um that apron spot. oh my god and and just the shots of this toothless bleeding <laughs> homeless bastard on the concrete i thought ah oh, my brother's gonna absolutely love this catch-as-catch-can technical masterpiece.
1: Oh. <laughs> I mean, you said a clash of styles, but this was like a clash of realities at times. Joe was taking moves like a wrestler. Necro was just taking them like he was being assaulted. It, it was awful. Honestly, what is it with you? I think, I think you need help, seriously. We've been off right for two weeks. I thought you might want to ease our listeners back into the podcast with something easy going. but now straight back to the extreme hardcore violence with blood and guts. just <laughs> uh, like I said,
0: Neko didn't didn't blade. So if he, if it he didn't bleed, you know it, it would have just been still a brutal contest in you know a really world renowned arena not even an arena basically didn't you love the energy and just just how brutal joe was
1: no it was horrible <laughs> it was it was really vicious it was the every punch and kick and headbutt was real it wasn't you know there was no holding back they didn't pull any punches it was just a fight, uh, you know. Like uh, like you said, he didn't bleed. He got head butted open, <laughs> Terrific. And I know you know Brock Lesnar essentially did the same with his elbow to Randy Orton, but that was a one off exception. I think, <laughs> judging by this, this is probably what happens with every Necro Butcher match. I mean, I had to skip through most of it to be honest. I just couldn't watch uh, it. I didn't. I didn't find it entertaining. It was barbaric. I mean, you know, how, how is Necro still alive? He's, he's literally living his t shirt slogan. <laughs> you know, he's, uh, he's one butcher I won't be buying sausages from in a hurry. Put it that way.
0: Brilliant. I just think for every, you know, uh, American Funtime match in a ball pit full of child's poo, there's there's base <laughs> on the pod for Necro and he's choosing death.
1: Well, I mean, there was one bit I really did like where they just got rid of the referee at the start. They just didn't want to leave. Don't need a referee. Get him out of the ring. Fuck
0: and sanctioned. You you would be happy with them calling that in sanctioned, wouldn't you?
1: Yes. Well, only if they turned the lights off and said, no, no, stop it. But yeah, cool. I wish they had stopped it. It was, <laughs> Good. It was sick and you've got a problem. <laughs> Darren Meltzer gives us
0: five stars. No, this isn't every week. I just want to cover a a broad spectrum. And, you know, it was interesting when you showed me some of the stats of the federations that we'd covered. And now you can add IWA Mid-South to to your list. You know, every week I don't just want to do, you know, this isn't just
1: it's not, it's not just blood from ECW, it's blood from WCW. <laughs> Sometimes it's blood from Backyard Wrestling. We'll have blood from CZW. And now, this week, it's blood from IWA, Mid-South, Back of Beyond, Arse Backwards, Nowhere, Necrobutcher Wrestling. <laughs> yeah, the whole gamut of blood and guts. That's what you're doing. Variety. Yeah,
0: but I know you're going to choose two of the most, or at least one of the most absurd clips the internet has. So I've got to combat. You start posting ridiculously obscure, goofy clips, and I'll I'll get rid of. No, I won't get rid of the blood. Not even then. I was going to throw a caveat out there. Then no, it's good. It's good. You can be the the fluffy the fluffy one, and I'll be the the razor wire guy. Ooh.
1: This is Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio in a title versus mask match at WCW Halloween Havoc 1997. Incredibly, this match continues. Springboard from the middle. Holds on. Eddie he holds on. Head scissor takes him all the way outside. What a move. Unbelievable action. What an athletic scissor that world. You know what I mean? Athletic scissors? Yeah, man. We've a seen a lot of... Over the top! Oh, oh it took my! At the somersault flip... I've never seen anything like this all my life. flying head scissors on the, on the floor. Wow, I've never seen anything wow. like that. So WCW really set itself apart back in the mid-90s by introducing the Mexican Lucha Libre style of wrestling to national audiences. It was this fast-paced, high-flying, high-intensity stuff. So different to the usual... Uh, American style of wrestling that WCW uh, was known for. The problem was they had some fantastic performers, but they never let them break into the main event scene. So here you've got two of the best wrestlers of all time, Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio Jr. Of course, Eddie uh, tragically died in 2005, an untimely death. Rey Mysterio still going, still wrestling to today, I think, in WWE. Yeah. Both incredible performers. They've had many matches before this match and after this match, right up until Eddie's death. But this is probably their most famous. This is this is the iconic match of, of these in WCW. Um, it was for the Cruiserweight Championship. And Eddie was going into the match as the hated heel, getting all the Eddie sucks chants at the start. And Ray mm-hmm. was the baby face. And it was a mask versus championship match. I like how Ray was quite clever making the mask part of his costume to make it a lot more difficult to take off, even if he did look like the Phantom from Defenders of the Earth.
0: He did, yes.
1: (laughs) At first, I thought I clicked the wrong clip, because I was like, who's that guy? He looks more like some of the other Mexican wrestlers you see. La Parker, he wore
0: a whole skeleton Yeah,
1: people like that. But yeah, he reminded me of the Phantom from the Flash Gordon. But yeah, what a match. I mean, it was everything a good Lucha Libre match should be. Lots of high-flying stuff, fast-paced athleticism from both of them. And a lot of it was was revolutionary for America at the time uh, because, you know, it was relatively new to mainstream audiences. That's not to say that they hadn't seen this sort of wrestling before, but the fact that it was presented nationally as such a big deal on a pay-per-view know, would have been new at the time. and Of course, we're all used to these sorts of moves now, but back then, they would have been seen as very innovative and different. And there were some really good moves. I mean, the springboard backflip DDT out of nowhere from the top rope by Mysterio, that blocked 619 that then led to the head scissors to the outside, closely followed by that somersault flip into the flying head scissors. And it's just chaining those moves together that really... Highlighted how different that style was because, yeah, you might get a Hurricane Rana or a head scissors takedown in a match, but then to chain three or four moves together to pull something like that off was great. And then the finisher was Ray turning the top rope crucifixed powerbomb into the Hurricane Rana pin finish that was just superb. And of course, yeah, Ray kept his mask, um, which was good, but of course, WCW being WCW, they made him take it off eventually. It's quite impressive though, because I looked back and He's never once lost his mask in WWE. I mean, there's been two times when he's had his mask taken off, but in each of those matches, they've not shown his face. So he's managed to get away by hiding his face, and they've never made him lose his mask or insist that he wrestled without it. And for that to have gone on for so long, for so many different runs, is is, is genuinely impressive. And it just, he looks so strange without his mask as well. This um, you know the Don't Try It At Home vignettes? Yeah.
0: Well, he's on there all the time, and I love it. It's kind of like, ice in my knee. <laughs> Don't try this in schoolyard, because your mummy will tell you off. <laughs> it's just... Uh, cracks of every time. I'm a trained performer. Oh, tell your body that, mate. you <laughs> look like a high schooler? Uh, no, well, the reason... I think the reason why he kept his mask in WWE is because he was absolutely livid when he finally had to unmask in WCW, because, you know, for a Luchador to lose his mask is a huge deal. It's it's a national deal. And, you know, they do mask versus masks. Well, that's hard to say mask versus mask matches in Mexico, (laughs) but it's, it's a huge thing, you know? And yeah, that's, that's his lineage that that's his heritage. And Yeah, you know, for WW, sorry, WCW just to do it on a whim was just really shit. And he protested, and, you know, what could he do? But, you know, I'm sorry, bro, I got to go back to ECW, but WCW didn't revolutionize shit. A little guy called, well, he wasn't a little guy, Paul Heyman got all the (laughs) luchadores rolling his eyes. I wish that would have been audible. Paul Heyman got all these guys in. They started to go over in ECW, and then Bischoff was like, hmm, hello, he's on to something here. Yes, he had a bigger platform and a bigger
1: stage for the performers to do their thing, but he didn't revolutionise nothing, bro. It was all Heyman. Okay, yeah, no, I take your point, actually. You are right, and I should have clarified that because, yeah, Heyman did... Intentionally bring in that style of wrestling and and you know showcase these performers, and yeah, they were there before WCW. Perhaps yeah. I should have said then that WCW really took it to the mainstream, you know, by presenting yeah. it at that level, yeah. um, and giving it that national exposure that it, it had never had before. No, yeah, um, but no, I mean, well, a that saved us doing a what in the blue hell is wrong with you yeah. next week, right?
0: Anyway. Well, no, <laughs> that's not a fact, though. I just want to get another. Another ECW uh, <laughs> injection into the pod. Um, like you said, really well documented that WCW held back, you know, all the high flyers. They were always in the mid-card slot. And it wasn't until you know the radicals went to, to WWF at the time that, you know, and then oh God, Chris Jericho ever heard of him? You know, he was mm-hmm. he was this comedic mid-carder. He's held every belt WWE have ever had pretty much. And He's like one of the biggest stars in the world, so yeah, you know it's no <clears throat> no secret. Uh, question: Did Slim Jim sponsor the pay-per-view by any chance? Had fucking four logos on the mat. Every turnbuckle post was covered in Slim Jim. I'm like, I get it. What? Just put one little logo somewhere. It was just
1: what is Slim Jim? Not being American, I don't really know what it is. Isn't
0: that a chocolate bar? A Slim Jim?
1: Ingredients. Oh, beef, chicken. No, definitely oh. not <laughs> Okay. It's an American brand of snack. Okay. Well, like jerky. It looks like a bit like jerky. Yeah. Or maybe like a pepper army. Oh. Okay. Yeah. It resembles a fermented sausage, such as salami or pepperoni. A <laughs> bit like this pod.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah, love this match. I mean, Christ alive! What like less than a minute in that sick bump to the floor by Ray? Christ, he just he did a cactus jack and just landed basically on his back. You mean to right then? Uh, again, you you've kind of called the main spots. I just love the innovative backbreakers. One of Eddie's go-to moves is the backbreak. You know, the tilt and whirl, um, the powerball with the backbreaker, and I love. Like this was a cool way to work on an injury because it's like, oh God, he's working the arm again. But Eddie really, like I said, had these innovative back and then he'd follow it up with a back submission. I mean, Jesus Christ, he is one of the best wrestlers in the world and such a tragic loss and uh, he's just such a shame. Um, but yeah, I mean, an amazing match. The cruiserweight title was made for Ray to, to hold. Um, you know, and even when he went on to kind of hold the WWE championship, you know, he made the cruiserweight division what it was. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. There it, it wasn't a boring part of it, even though there were submissions, but it kind of gives you a bit of a breather. Just They were just a handful of wrestlers. Pretty much every match is amazing. You could have picked pretty much any Eddie Guerrero or Ray match, and they'd have been phenomenal. So, yeah, nice, nice little change of pace from my homeless bloodbath. So, <laughs> God, for, I don't know what I was thinking this week. I've just gone proper hardcore random. I just, I hopefully I've got out of my sister. Now I'll pick some. <laughs> I even picked one good match this week. From that to this, which you're probably going to scoff at again, but this is. Um, the duty Sanchez boys taking on Japan So again, this wasn't just a random clip. I picked out a thin air. This was my companion piece of the jackass clip. We've done them all now. We've done the prankster meets wrestling world. We've kind of ticked those boxes now. So this actually happened during the Dirty Sanchez movie. Uh, and yeah, they went to Japan, in case you couldn't couldn't tell. And yeah, they, they got invited to some, I mean, Christ alive, this is where violent wrestling was born. You know, this is ultra-violent city to the max <laughs> I, just, I love when they're walking outside their little arena and Pancho's impressions like on that <laughs> bus but they ride right, off after them like bloody lovely didn't they they look really happy and like men's was like
1: <laughs> one looks like he's taking a shit <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, but I love their costumes. And and I'm hoping, like, I don't speak Japanese. I don't know if any of our listeners do. You certainly don't really speak English. But I hope those subtitles are real. (laughs) We fight now, funny guy. Let's go, mother bitch. (laughs) Power Ranger with a willy. (laughs) Amazing. I hope they're the actual things. Oh, But I I just love that group shot at the end when they're all squeezing each other's faces and... Like, they each have a little, a little taste of, of what it's like, you know, for, for for violent wrestling, basically. And, you know, as we've talked about, these boys can take punishment. They can take a beating. And even they were like, what the shit in hell are we doing here? And, yeah, just how scarred up these wrestlers are. I've watched quite a few matches with some of those wrestlers as well in, like, FMW uh, in Japan, and Jesus Christ alive, they have like razor blade on boards matches. One of them, it was a live piranha match, uh, and uh, you literally had to dump your opponent in a tank full of hungry piranhas and close the top for like three seconds or like a five counts for the match to be over. Unbelievable. But then, yeah, they all, they all go and get sake together, and they're all, they're all best friends. I I laughed and I apologize because of the quality. That was the only kind of quality that I could find. I laughed at the end that you know I do do do. I actually say something <clears throat> that I didn't realize where it came from. Is from this. You know he gets hit with that thumbtack thing and he goes, "I don't like."
1: <laughs>
0: I do that all the time. That's literally become part of my vocabulary, and I was pissed my side. The pause was thinking, "Oh my guess where I got it from?" I don't like. But you look at the state of him.
1: And that was my favourite part of this whole thing. Super <laughs> hardcore, crazy-ass Japanese wrestler. He's just been dishing out the punishment for the whole thing and then he gets hit by this tiny hammer on the shoulder. I don't I, like. I don't
0: like. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I mean, give us, give us your Jim Ross proper professional commentary on, on this epic match.
1: I mean, yeah, I've got a soft spot for Dirty Sanchez because of the times that we would stay up and watch them, and then we went to see the movie. And uh, you know, I can't, I can't uh, fault them. I think they are just they're nuts. And of course, you know, half of them, well, three quarters of Welsh, actually, three out of the four, I think. Um, and some of their quotes were great. Um, oh, I, I'll knock you out, mate, prince <laughs> getting getting all Newport on him. <laughs> all right. He's bent his dick. <laughs> The, you talk about the subtitles. The one Japanese guy said, I'm going to skull fuck the little one. Poor <laughs> oh, Pancho. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. But um, yeah, it was funny. Uh, Lee Dainton, the guy in the stockings, is actually from our hometown. Mm. And because we come from a place where everybody knows everybody else, my best mate uh, knows him. I think he used to babysit for his sister or something. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Such a such a small place we come from. But yeah, it was it was mad. It was crazy. It was funny. Um, I just, you, I think they must have been constantly pissed <laughs> while while filming everything to go through what they did.
0: Oh, well, do you remember the end of that film when Pritchard had his finger cut off by that samurai sword? Do you remember?
1: I can't remember it that well. No, I think it's probably time for a rewatch. <gasps> he lost a bet. Um, between
0: him and Dayton, and he had to choose his fate. And he's like, that one they made it's a cigar cutter, I love that one. He put his finger in the cigar cutter, bashed down on it.
1: I do remember that now you've said it, yeah.
0: Fucking tip of his finger off. It's like a pool of blood. Like, they, Jackass was silly for the most part. You had, like, Party Boy and, you know, steve was probably the most extreme, but this was just, they were another level, and they?
1: I remember another clip where they went to Japan, it could have been this same film, I can't remember, but they met a Japanese equivalent of theirs. Yep.
0: That's after this, straight after this.
1: Okay, yeah. And, and the, the Japanese ones were doing these madcap stunts, but they were uh, a whole level more wholesome than the Dirty Sanchez <laughs> yeah. ones were. You know, they, they were like professional stunt guys doing some crazy, whoa, look at that. And then the Dirty Sanchez boys just came along and it just did, like, filthy homeless men stuff, you know. It was disgusting.
0: <laughs> They're called uh, Tokyo Shock Boys.
1: That's right, Tokyo Shock Boys, yeah.
0: Yeah, they do things like the Angle Grinder, and they and in, like, more for show. It's kind of like a magic show, but then, you yeah, know, when they were <laughs> introduced to four idiots...
1: It was mad. But hey, let's get serious for a moment. Congratulations to Matt Pritchard, of, of formerly of Dirty Sanchez, now known as Dirty Vegan, mm. and a fellow countryman who has just rode the Atlantic. Did you know this? No. Well, recently. Yeah, literally in the last week. So, with three crewmates, he rode 3,200 miles from Fort Aventura to Antigua over seven and a half weeks to raise money and awareness. For uh, men's he- mental health—is that Men's the Japanese
0: wrestler, on that trailer? <laughs> Is that name, him? No, his name was Menz
1: the one there was happy shit in. Oh, was it really? No, it's uh, no.
0: men's Look at him
1: <laughs> for the for the mental health of men. So oh, well
0: done to yes. my Well done. I love his dirty vegan stuff. Me and the wife watch it. He's it's amazed. Literally, if you take away the tattoos. And the obscenities. He is an upstanding citizen. Like he, he's got some really good recipes. You never think he was vegan or into any of the chefy stuff that he does. And yeah, he's done like Iron Man tournaments and the and everything.
1: It's funny, isn't it? You usually see that the people who take it to one extreme then go to the other extreme, and is the rest of us kind of just like bobbing along in the middle?
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll do the occasional silly thing, but we also like to be serious for a minute.
1: And we will never turn vegan. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, so on to the final clip, and this is, well, it's a dream match, isn't it, really? It's just... <laughs> i ultimate... laughing <Loving> already. I, <laughs> I haven't see, even it's
0: it. a completely dead panel series.
1: Well, it's a dream match, isn't it, you know? <laughs> it is. If any match deserves five stars, it is Ultimate Warrior versus Phil Collins
0: no you don't even you need the champ you need the, the champ, champ, champ hulk hogan no he's not the champ who is it uh, ultimate warrior ultimate warrior phil collins and the gorgeous ladies of wrestling a bunch of spandex-clad sweating
1: husky I women
0: i got it phil collins versus the
1: ultimate warrior i mean this clip it combines your hero with our dad's hero Yeah. Ultimate Warrior with Phil Collins. And I fucking love Phil. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, yeah, the WWF champion and the Genesis (laughs) frontman fighting in a ring together. What a weird clash of worlds this was. So, this came from a 1990 TV special called Seriously, dot, 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 Phil Collins, which was to promote his upcoming album. Um, and the plot, in inverted commas, uh, follows three TV executives as they try to brainstorm ideas for a one-hour TV special involving Phil Collins, which is kind of a meta situation. Um, and the main guy in this is played by the very annoyingly voiced comedian Gilbert Gottfried. Um, but you think, you think this bit of the clip is weird before we actually go into it. I mean, the rest of the special sounds absolutely nuts. I mean, there's a talking dog who works with Phil Collins, apparently. <laughs> and then there's cameos from Bruce Willis, John Candy, Weird Al Yankovic, and Dr. Dre. What the hell? I think you can find the clip. I don't think it's been broadcast ever since the original broadcast, but it was available on a, like a DVD. So I think it's somewhere on YouTube. I'll see if I can post it for the full clip on our feed. The song in this clip is Two Hearts from the soundtrack to the movie Buster in 1988. I mean it starts well you know the Warriors enjoying the dance for a second <laughs> looking across at Phil and all of a sudden he gets annoyed for no apparent reason and just decides That's it! I'm going to beat this guy up and he just starts throwing Phil around the ring which is it's just mad I love how he's wearing the WWF Championship belt throughout the entire match and of course we never saw the finish so we don't actually know who won but in my mind this is what happened right I reckon after it cut at the end Mike Rutherford Phil's bandmate from Genesis and then lead singer of Mike and the Mechanics comes to the ring, distracts the ref while slipping Phil a symbol from his drum kit, which he uses to knock up the warrior and win the match and become WWF champion. Nice. <laughs> God. What do you think? <laughs>
0: To quote you, what in the blue hell did I just watch?
1: Well, if you put it this way, right? If you'd seen this when <laughs> you were at the height of your Ultimate Warrior fandom and we were at the height of our first wrestling, you know, obsessiveness, <laughs> do you think you would have tried to show our dad this clip to say, Look, dad, look, this is the guy that you really like, and this is the guy that I really like? Look, they're, they're having fun together. Wrestling isn't as stupid as you say. If
0: I would have. he he would have probably still gone oh bloody singing wrestling I mean I was laughing because it's still more entertaining than the most Hulk Hogan matches I'm sorry but Phil in more work and more effort in that match than the entire NWO did in their entire career you look at how lazy big lazy Kevin Nash is Phil Collins put in the work that man's got cardio do you know what I mean I don't think they used a stunt double once. I mean, they cut away, and I couldn't see his face, but still, I think that was him. And I would love to see the rematch. I'd love to see him go on to face Stallone and, and all the other the other greats, you know, Thunderlips. and
1: Genesis, as well, would make a great name for a stable, if it hasn't already been used.
0: There's a, a TNA pay-per-view called Genesis, I believe.
1: Okay, but the the stable name Genesis, yeah. him and his bandmates.
0: Yeah. You know. What
1: what he could do, what his thing could be, right? On his fallen com- uh, foe, competitor in the ring, he could get his drumsticks and do the <laughs> on their limp body, you know, from in the air tonight.
0: No, no, I got it. <laughs> oh, Yeah. yeah. I love love that you were just sitting there waiting for me to give you some kind of scientific breakdown of the match. I just absolutely berserk. That guy, the annoying voice guy, didn't he sound like that blessing from uh, a Christmas vacation?
1: Yeah, he did. He's been in loads of Gilbert Gottfried. You will know his annoying voice from loads of places. He even played um, Krang from the Turtles in a more recent version of it. Not the original one, but in a in a recent one. But yeah. He's so annoying
0: talking like that. Oh. <laughs> the blessing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was, I'll tell you who he was, most famous role. Iago in Disney's uh, Aladdin.
0: Uh, okay. Which one was he?
1: <laughs> the parrot.
0: Right, yes.
1: Yes. Or the one that sounded like Gilbert Gottfried.
0: Come on. <laughs> Work me here. I don't know. I was
1: don't you know your Disney films? No, I got Disney Plus, thanks to you,
0: and I'm, I'm still not up.
1: Yeah. Anyway, that's... before the podcast, I set us both a task to come up with the best Phil Collins wrestling song title mashups. So without further ado. I'm going to put some Phil Collins music on <laughs> and we will list some titles I wish it would smack down
0: <laughs> Stu Heart
1: oh, oh, oh. Su Su Suplex Studio
0: <sighs> The Rock Can Smell It In The Ear Tonight
1: Excellent You'll Be In My Heart Foundation oh. TNA Against All Odds Jesus, He Throws Me. (laughs) I've run out of song titles. (laughs) Okay, well, you like these last two because they're ECW themed. Another Day in Gangster's Paradise.
0: Oh, shit, that's
1: good. And Do You November to Remember? (laughs) (laughs) That was good.
0: I was so worried that you'd have (laughs) hats.
1: That is good. It's too hot. I I don't know. Why I couldn't think of that one
0: because oh, you um, said it just. And oh, I thought, oh no, he's bound to have got it from there. There was the song they're playing in it as well. I thought mm, that kind of
1: sounds like Brad Hartstead. Very good. No, I like Jesus. He throws me. I thought
0: that was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. I I smell not only what the rock is cooking, but like a compilation album from the two of us now. Like like Weird Al, you no know, Weird Bros parody album maybe.
1: Yeah, well, there's there's plenty of um, musical content on this pod in previous episodes that we could uh, produce it. If that's something the fans want to see, I'm sure they'll let us know.
0: Well, you can't really see music, can you? They listen with the ears and eyes.
1: Never heard of a music video, MTV,
0: huh? <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> Probably Nelly from the office Ever heard of a music video?
1: <laughs> so old. There we go. But there we go. That's this episode wrapped up from Necro Butcher to Phil Collins. <laughs> where else on Earth would you find two people talking about such random subjects?
0: I tell you where? Eh? No way. Except for wrestling with my brother at Russell Bros. Pro. Prod, I was going to say at Russell Bros. Pod on Twitter, and wherever you get your podcast, good shit. It doesn't matter. We're on them all. We're global prestige worldwide
1: but yeah well we'll count this as uh, season two since we took a break so we'll be back next week we won't be taking any more breaks we'll be back next week with a new exciting feature we can't wait to share with you and each other
0: yes stay cool dudes and we'll catch you on the flippity flop bye Mm, wrestling with my brother we got a podcast yeah I slay with my brother